2: Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Welcome to Wizards, Warriors, and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast.
3: Episode two. The second. We survived the first one.
0: We're still here. Uh, I'm Jed Hearn, author of Across the Broken
4: Stars. Oh, that's me. Uh, is it me? Is that me? Uh, I'm Michael R. Fletcher, author of the City of Sacrifice series.
3: <laughs> next. I don't know. I'll go next. I, I'm Rob Hayes. Uh, which book should I pick? Author of, uh, let's go with Never Die, because, you know, it's got combat and stuff. Heroes. Anyway, Duck, And a fabulous book it is.
1: I should know I wrote it. And, uh, <laughs> and um, I pretend to be the, uh, I'm Dirk Ashton, and I pretend to be the author of the Paternus Trilogy, when it was actually written by uh, Mike Fletcher and Rob Hayes. Um, and there it is, written upside down. Uh, <laughs> that's the third book in the series.
0: So today's episode is all about first chapters, um, how we can introduce our characters, hook readers, and start our story in the best way possible. I think we can go opposite order to last time so rob do you want to discuss what you think about when you're approaching your first chapters and your process with that in general
3: okay um i tend to try to in my first chapter i tend to try to sort of introduce uh the world um just a little bit um so you're sort of like if there's if there's like a major conflict in the world or whatever you try to to get that established um, a little bit um, off the bat, along with uh, you know, something of maybe a little bit about the magic system that can be very vague, something just interesting that that really sort of like you know grabs the the reader so they can be like that sounds interesting. I want to know more. Um, I also tend to try to um, introduce at least one of the the main characters or the main character of the journal. I I always feel one of the most important points about when you first introduce one of the main characters or the main character is you try to humanise them straight away. Um, You give people a way to try to relate to that character off off the bat, straight away. Um, So that might be sort of like introducing them at their weakest point or, um, you know, sort of that sort of thing where, yeah, that give people something to root for that character um so some reason to root for that character uh and then i also try to to start the book with something either tense or actiony you know that something's happening it's moving um cuz the last thing you want to do is sort of like introduce the the entire book with just there's a bunch of people sitting around a table having a chat it's not the most interesting uh as we all sit around the virtual table <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, they. Um, so, profound.
3: yeah, I I have this whole like list of things. I don't actually have a list. It's all in my head because that's where I keep everything. Um, but yeah, I have this whole list of things that I like to try to do in the first chapter uh, as a way to try and hook hook readers in and introduce them to the world and the characters. Um, or in the case of Never Die, I just kill off my main character in one line.
2: It's Best weird. prologue
3: ever.
0: it is a pretty good start definitely sets the mood for that story like very well which i think is another important thing is to like get that mood across that readers sort of know what to expect emotionally going through and definitely never die you want to prepare readers for some severe tragedy so that's a good way to start it off
3: it's it's lovely it's not grim dark it's a lovely book about heroes and redemption yeah noble bright Noble, bright. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's Noble, right? The heroes, they die, but they come back. That's the whole point. They never die. As angels. <laughs> or ghosts or zombies or whatever. As whatever long as they come thought.
0: back. Exactly. Dirk, what do you think about when you're writing your first chapters?
1: Um, I haven't written nearly as many books as these guys, and they are both really good at... Um, at first chapters um, from the books that I've read of theirs, um, Never Die Rob's Never Die is has an incredible first chapter, um, and um, Beyond Redemption has an incredible first chapter. I mean, there's no way a good chapter for me is one a good first chapter is one more. There's no way I cannot read, keep reading, and really great um, first chapters. Uh, will actually carry, can carry me through a whole trilogy, even if there's a lot of grueling parts in it. Um, you know, I think one of the most amazing first chapters is, um, um, good grief, I'm having a brain fade. Unlike Rob, I can't keep anything in my head, um, which is why I outline Stephen Donaldson's. Um, uh, books about the guy who's a Thomas leopard. Covenant
4: series, yeah. yeah. Thomas Covenant. Lord, Lord and... I
1: can't believe I didn't think of that. But there that first, cha- answer, right? uh, Thomas Covenant, Thomas, Thomas Covenant. Covenant, the first trilogy. Um, I was just blown away by that first chapter. It's just, have you guys read it? Yeah. That first chapter is just amazing. And to, to be honest, that's a grueling series to read in a lot of parts. It's just really hard to read a lot of whining and crying and some despicable uh, uh, behavior and characters I didn't really care about. And <laughs> but, but I kept through and I'm really glad I read the whole thing. And it was honestly, that first chapter was so fucking good that it would carry me through that stuff. Which is crazy, because those are big books, and three of them. But it carried me through the end because I wanted—I wanted to know how it was going to progress. Um, so I think about ch- uh, first chapters that that really, that really, really amazed me. Uh, the uh, Joe Abercrombie's um, The Blade itself has one of the best first chapters.
3: Yes, I mean these are ones. What's that? That's the one with Logan nine fingers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, because uh, yeah. Yeah, no. he's he sort of it, it's him in a in a forest alone or something. In the first well, he's the
1: right. Day. He's like it's it starts right in the middle of the him trying to survive this attack mm. by these, by those whatever nasty
0: Shanker.
1: yeah creatures and falling off a cliff, you know. And, you know, talking about you can never have too many Not I mean, it, you really get a feel for that character and what this world is going to be like really quickly. Um, and that, you know, that one really comes. Roger Zelazny's first chapter in A Night in the Lonesome October is just amazing, too. Um, but there are a lot of great chapters. I read a ton of books that have great first chapters. So um, I'm really talking about those because I have no idea <laughs> what i'm doing <laughs> when i do first chapters um i in fact you know the, this might help this story um in paternis the first book the original the chap the first chapter now was originally the second chapter even after e and that's the that that was that was the version that that was a finalist in place third in the spfbo um and uh it was after that when i reskinned when i redid the covers that i actually swapped the first and second chapters cuz it originally started with fee and zeke on the street uh and then it went to detroit with the kabir chapter um with the bodyguard and now those two have been swapped and between changing the covers and swapping that the um uh people picking up the book from the look inside. um, I mean, the sales increased immediately. Um, So those two things together, I think, made a big difference because there was no action in the other scene Um, and it was long and there was some info dumping, which I'm famous for. And uh, in the first scene, in the other scene that's now the first scene, it's more of an action scene and it sets up what kind of characters we're talking about um you get the hint that these are some ancient non-human characters as you go through that cha- chapter so um i think that That's that a little
3: more urgency as well
1: yeah it helps it helps and then it, it also raises the tension when i do finally get to the two young people on the sidewalk you know you know, are they going to be attacked by something? And then you think maybe they are, but it turns out to just be her uncle's dog, um, who's really not a dog. Um, <laughs> so uh, just knew that book was just, about dogs, not just a dog.
3: And it you know, is a dog—it's just like a demigod of dogs, a demigod.
1: In the first few versions of that of the book, there, that dog didn't exist. That character didn't exist in the books, so and now I can't imagine him not being there um but so again you know you can always add characters if you need them as you go along it felt like it needed something it needed that 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 character that kind of character so um and then i've started all the books differently the second book starts immediately into some really weird dream shit and then like an action scene in an airplane um the third book starts out much more slowly um but uh yeah, I, I really don't. Other than, other than read books and think about the books that you love their first chapters and think about maybe doing a little uh, slight emulation. You know, that would be my biggest mm. advice. See, look at books that you think have the <clears throat> really great first chapters and try to do maybe the same sort of thing. Not exactly, of course, but um, I think that that helps, especially with early writing,
4: uh, with new writers.
0: Mm. Mike, what about you? Do you have any...
4: Yeah. So, um, I, I, had a, I was lucky. I had a really amazing editor with my very first book, uh, Ghosts of Tomorrow, which was previously 88. Um, and she gutted it. I mean, she basically eviscerated me, eviscerated the book. There was blood everywhere. And, you know, was sort of like building up towards, oh, and someday shit will happen. It's like, no, no. Page one, shit's happening. The story's already started. Now, it doesn't have to be an action scene. Uh, but that is a good way to start. You know, it's interesting. Um, I tend to shy away from, I I don't like to, uh, my goal is not to info dump or to introduce the world ever. What I want to do is every book is sort of a discovery, right? Um, to to me, that's sort of like part of the joy of fantasy is the discovery. And if I give it to you too fast, you're not discovering it. Mm. Um, so I like to just, I'm just going to tell my story and it happens in my world, and I know what my world is, you're going to get it. You're going to get all the little pieces as you go. By the end of the book, you're going to understand the world. But at the beginning, you're going to be like, what the fuck? You're not going to get it. And I, frankly, I'm fine with that. I, I don't think you need to know that stuff. I don't think I, don't think I have to explain anything to you. You'll, you'll get it throughout the story. And by the end, if I've done my job, you know, then by the end of the book, you will be there. But so my big one piece of advice is start after the story's already started.
0: There we go. I think that's good advice, particularly in fantasy, because there's a big temptation to get info dump and like get the reader up to a full speed understanding of your world when really they just sort of need to be there for the characters and maybe a little bit of the conflict to, to start things off. I think for me, I try to think about first chapters as like how can you capture the story in microcosm? Like how can you have a smaller... Conflict that kind of echoes the larger conflicts of the story's world or how can you show Characters doing a thing that sort of echoes their larger arc as a whole Um, And like a good example of this is uh, Along the razor's edge like first book rob that you wrote in the war eternal series. Yeah put you on the spot there Um, where the opening of that is is the battle between um, the two nations and there's like I won't spoil it completely, but the way that you see the characters behave in that is constantly referenced over and over again in the series because it is a perfect microcosm that captures the overall qualities of those characters and also becomes like a touchstone for their arcs moving forward. And I think that's a really good way to think about, yeah, how you can sort of foreshadow in a way what's gonna happen by showing like a small version of it that's like a condensed part of your story.
3: I totally did that on purpose.
0: (laughs) (laughs) um jerk you have our book of the week oh no sorry uh michael you have our book of the week for this episode for our featured book this
4: episode okay yes. uh okay uh, so uh i'm going to introduce this book this is black stone heart oh let's get the reflections there um it's not like a real copy because uh amazon is being very slow to ship them to me but anyway uh so this is book one in the oh he has a real copy that's embarrassing jerk is holding up another copy Uh, Yeah, so it's the first book in the Obsidian Path series, and it's gonna be uh, probably slightly misnamed trilogy. And um, (laughs) it's a story about a man uh, whose uh, obsidian stone heart has been shattered and littered across the world. And as he sort of travels across the world, uh, finding the little shards of his broken heart, he regains some pieces of his past, his memory. And uh, it's a touching journey of romance and self-discovery.
3: Also has the second greatest prologue of all time.
0: <laughs> I want to talk about prologues, actually. What's our thoughts on those?
3: I love them.
1: Yeah, me too. You know, people, I have them in every book. Yeah, there just, are people, that, there are people that, that whine and cry about prologues or skip them. Um, but I really think they're a small percentage of readers. Um, And, you know, to say, don't do this, don't do that. This is bad. Readers don't like this. Readers don't like that. The fact is, anything is bad if it's not well done. And anything is great if it's well done. That's just all there is to it. You know, if you want a prologue, just make sure it's a really freaking good prologue. You know, and it puts
4: attention. I Um, I think too many writers, young writers, will write a prologue and that has kind of something obliquely to do with the book and maybe it's showing you a different point of view of like the bad guy or something, who's gonna appear at the end of the book and by the time you get there, you're like completely forgotten the prologue and all you remember at the end is like the prologue uh, seemed to have nothing to do with the fucking book. Yeah. Like if your prologue basically waffles and is like, I'm setting up tension, even though you don't know any of the characters or the world or the plot or anything, it's like, it's not gonna work
1: yeah the other the other mistake uh that they make is that they read a prologue that really could just be a first chapter hmm.
3: you know but, that's, i mean isn't the, the first chapter I, I i've got it around somewhere but i can't remember where the first chapter of game of thrones uh yeah. isn't that a prologue
1: yeah there is, a, um, I
3: mean, it is there is
1: a prologue in game of thrones yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but, the, and it,
3: and it does exactly what, what what sort of like uh what mike just sort of uh said it basically it, it gives you this thing where it's like there's these characters who are going through the forest and then there's, there's like zombie things and all that lot and then that's it and it gets really cold it gets really yeah. cold but, but then like you don't hear any more about like the, the, the zombie characters or the whites or anything but yeah they, and they, the they come the back in like halfway through the first book which is like yeah. seven thousand words so it, I, I think that sort of goes through um your your point uh in a way which is just like um if, if you do it well enough it works yeah uh, even if it shouldn't yeah but um, i've heard
1: people I, i've heard people rave about that prologue
3: exactly they, um, they love it so it's better than than starting with with ram, let's be fair yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: And on that note, I think that's probably a, a good time to wrap up this episode. Do you have any other final comments before we close this one out?
4: Prologues, Mike, anything? Uh, no, no. Uh, the, I wrote a prologue for Beyond Redemption and then the editor said, why don't we just call it the first chapter?
0: <laughs> Always a uh, solution. And I
1: was just saying how great that first chapter is in Beyond
0: Redemption. I think a benefit of uh, focusing on first chapters as well as you can kind of check them out for 40 books and not have to spend eight hours reading every book. Cause you can just sample those uh, initial couple of chapters and, and learn some lessons from them as well. If that's what you're curious in. Um, all right. So thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, we will see you again next time. Thank you for listening to wizards, warriors and words. We hope you learned something useful. We love hearing from our listeners. Our email is wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com, which you can also find in the show notes. I personally read and respond to every email. So feel free to let us know what you thought about this episode. We'd also love to hear your questions. Send in a question via that email, wizardswarriorswords at gmail.com, and we might even answer it on the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe and write a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps more people discover the show. Wizards, Warriors, and Words is jointly hosted by Dirk Ashton, Michael R. Fletcher, Rob J. Hayes, and Jed Hearn. Our music comes from Michael R. Fletcher, and our artwork is by Felix Ortiz. Thank you again for listening. Now go and write extraordinary stories. We'll see you next time.
2: Hold up!